Welcome to Zain and Hailama's podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. We hope that the word will encourage you to do great things for God. Today we're going to talk about the struggle is over. I know a lot of people, they do the hashtag, the struggle is real. But when Jesus died on the cross, that's when the struggle was over. So we're going to talk about how to live a struggle-free life. How do you overcome the world? Because the Bible says you can't. So we're going to be giving you some tips on how to overcome the world. Hi. Hi, Auntie Denise. So we're going to give you some tips about how to overcome the world and what to do in dire situations. All right. And with anything, how to overcome depression, how to overcome fear, how to overcome anything that might be an obstacle in your life. We are going to talk about that because, yeah, a lot of people struggle in life but there's no real reason why except for it's just life and again if you aren't saved and if you don't know what the your covenant right that you have through the blood of jesus then of course you're going to struggle in life so we're going to give you some practical tips about how the bible says you don't have to struggle anymore yeah and i just wanted to start out with this scripture and i know i shared on it last week um I don't know why. I'm looking for the book of Romans and it's way before I've got it if you want to read it. Oh, I was talking about a scripture from Romans. Okay. I just thought of a scripture. And yeah. In Romans 8.37, it says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And so in that scripture, we are more than conquerors. And I know I explained about it last week. So if you haven't listened to that um, broadcast, go back onto our podcast app, or you can look on our um, Facebook or YouTube. You can go ahead and um, watch that. But we talked about, what did we talk about last week? I honestly the coronavirus. Oh, the coronavirus and how to overcome that. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ron said hi. Hi, Ron. What up, Ron? But today we're going to talk about how to be an overcomer and yeah. the struggle is over. And in Romans eight thirty seven it says we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. So when Christ died, he won that victory for right. us. He gave that victory just like a trophy, that trophy or that check the boxer comes home with. It goes to the wife. The wife did not need to go out and fight, right. get a bloody nose and... Um, do all of that work, she was just handed over the check. And that's mm-hmm. what Jesus did. He handed over the keys to life and death and he put it in our hands. And now we are more than conquerors. Everything that the word of God says now belongs to us. And yeah, yeah. So, I just wanted to start out with that scripture. Right. Well, then let's go ahead and start in our uh, story or parable, not a parable. It's more of a story. It's uh, the story of Jesus healing a certain woman. Um, starting in verse 42 or 43? Um, verse 43. I'm going to start with 42. For he had an only daughter. Okay, so I'm just going to start at the top of the chapter now. Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue, and falling at Jesus' feet, he implored to him, Come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. As Jesus went, the people pressed around him, and there is a woman who had been discharged of blood for 12 years. So she had been constantly bleeding for 12 years. 
She had a constant discharge of blood for 12 years, and though she had spent all of her, all of her, bleh, she had spent all her living on physicians, so she could not be healed by anyone. Do you have that in another version? I don't like that one. I have ESV. You have too. ESV? All right. Yeah. So basically, she spends all of her money on physicians, and she didn't get any better. She got worse, is basically what it's referring to. So she's spending all her money on doctors, and the doctors are trying to heal her, and the doctors are trying to help her, but she didn't get any better. In fact, she grew worse. So. Do you want me to get another version? No, that's fine. Okay. Starting at verse 44. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his... What the heck? Where am I at? Yeah, that's it. She came up behind and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her blood discharged, the discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, who was it? This is not a good version. Who was it that touched me? When all she denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in you. But Jesus said... Someone touched me, for I perceived that the power has gone from out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people who she had touched him, and she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. You want me to read it in another version? Does it give more detail in the story? or? Um... Let me try read another version. I will just start from verse 42. All right. Verse, um, Luke 8, 43. And it says, A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the, blood, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it, and Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing, pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the, when the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your fate has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. He told him, your daughter is dead. There is no use troubling the teacher now. All right. So, again, I, I didn't say it, but there is a version where it does talk about how the woman said to herself, I'm going to go to Jesus, and I know that if I touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. She spoke it out of her mouth. So this woman had faith to be healed, and we wanted to give you four points of what this woman had to do for her struggle to end, because it wasn't as easy as her just walking up to Jesus and asking for healing, because what she had was a disease where she couldn't even be around a crowd of people without you being killed. It's, this was a blood disease. It was something that the um, Israelites at that time deemed unholy, and if you were found in a crowd of people, you were to be stoned because of this disease. So it's not like it was just, I'm coming to Jesus for my healing. She was risking her life. So yeah. go ahead and start out with point number one. And number one, you have to have a desperation. You have to come to a point where you're desperate for your situation to change. 
and you can be in a struggle you can be in depression you can be in a situation where you think you cannot get out of but you have to be in a place where you are desperate even like the woman with the issue of blood she it was she was out of it was out of desperation she went to mm -hmm. jesus it said 12 years she went out and nothing could heal her and i think it's the niv version that she said if i only touched the hem of yeah, her garment of way. his garment but she had that desperation and so number one you have to have a desperation in you mm -hmm. and even in matthew 5 6 which you want to turn there i'll go ahead and turn there if you want to keep talking. Um, but in Matthew 5, 6, I just want you to read that so I can be able to... Understand? Yeah. All right. Matthew... 5, 6. 5, 6. One more page. New Bible. Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And that's even in there... Matthew 5, 6, it says, when you thirst after righteousness, when you hunger after righteousness, you will be filled. And so you have to be in a desperation. We do anything and everything when we're hungry yeah. physically. We do anything to go drive to that place when we have a craving. Mm -hmm. We go, we find money, we find pocket change, whatever it is to go out and get something when you're hungry. If you don't have anything at home, right. you go out to find that. You go spend a dollar at McDonald's just to be fed physically but out of a hunger and a thirst you have to, that's where it starts right god doesn't answer by mediocre prayer god answers by those who desperately need him in a situation so for god to begin to receive a call it, it's like anything if you have someone who doesn't look like they care about something enough then they'll never get to that point it's like a business owner if you don't ever put the effort into your business, no one's ever going to take you seriously. But if you push hard for something and you are the best, people will hire you. People will begin to take notice and you'll prosper. Same thing with God. You cannot expect God to intervene in a situation if you're not taking that situation seriously. If yeah. you have something going on in your life, it's like smoking, for example. You know, I'm going to stop one of these days but never take an action plan. Then there's never seriousness in it. You have to make up your mind. I'm changing this now. It's a matter of saying, I'm done being in a desperate situation, or I'm done being in this situation. I'm getting desperate. God, help me. It's like this woman. She would have been executed. They would have killed her if she was not healed. If she touched the hem of his garment and she was not healed, she would have died. But that didn't matter. Why? Because you have to move out of desperation. Yeah. She was saying, in this, it's not worded, but she probably thought about it. If I do not get healed, if I mess this up, if this doesn't happen, then I'm going to be dead. And But it doesn't matter because I know if I'm healed, my life will be forever changed. You have to begin to say, no matter what could happen, my life will be forever changed if I do this. And God's going to answer that. God answers people out of desperation. God answers people when your heart is attached to it. Yeah. You never put any effort or time to something that you don't love. Mm -hmm. Like even for our marriage, we put time and effort into it because we love each other. Yeah. And that's with anything. When you love something, you will make sure you put time and effort in that. And so you have to come, you have to have a desperation. It has to come from a desperation. Yeah. If you want something to change in your life. Yeah. Have a desperation. God will do it. But you have to say, God, I'm giving everything I have to you. Yeah. God wants all of you. The Bible says he is a jealous God. 
So you have to recognize that if I'm going to take these steps, God's going to do it, but I have to be willing to move in the position to where God's going to answer me. Because God doesn't answer half-hearted people. He wants you to be desperate for him. Yeah. Like the scripture says, I'm going to read it again. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Those who hunger and thirst after my righteousness will be satisfied. God will answer for you, but if you're not hungry for it, he can't come. You have to be hungry. You don't eat if you're not hungry. You don't go to a buffet if you're not hungry. You go to a buffet when you're hungry, when you want to eat a lot. I never think of a buffet unless I want to eat a lot. Yeah. You have to begin to say, I'm going after this with everything I have. And then God will answer you. He wants to satisfy you, but he wants you to be hungry for it. Point number one, be desperate. Enough is enough. Number two, don't make any excuses. And even when you look into the story of the woman with the issue of blood, she made no excuses. She had the issue for 12 years. She could, she paid um, people throughout that years um, to try and get healed, but nothing worked. And this time, why would this time work? Mm -hmm. But she didn't make an excuse and say, oh, I tried many times, but yeah, nothing ever worked. She did that she made she didn't make that an excuse her being unclean she, that wasn't an excuse yeah. for her you know her being killed was not an excuse oh but they'll kill me well you're going to die anyway sooner or later and you have to come to that realization you know and, and you see it like even people and i'll i have family member, members and my grandma you know she passed away but there were things where you could want to pray for and you can want something for someone more than what they wanted for themselves you have to begin to say, I'm going to come out of this. People are, are funny. You have, like, you know, they could have stage four cancer. And then you say, come to church. We got a healing evangelist in, or we got someone that has performed signs, wonders, and miracles. Legs are growing out. People are being healed. And then they say, no, I got to mow the lawn. Well, if you're going to die, what good is the lawn going to do? People will make excuses. People will find excuses. People will find any reason not to do something. But don't be the person that makes excuses. You can use any excuse. There is so many excuses. Some are even valid. There are some excuses that I have to say, yes, they are valid excuses. But that doesn't get you anywhere. Excuses will never get you anywhere. It doesn't yeah. matter the position of where you're at now. It doesn't matter the way you grew up. It doesn't matter the way that life is. Your excuse does not matter to God. You making a decision to do something matters. No matter the excuse. Because you can make an excuse and give yourself self-justification. But... It'll, nothing will ever change. Yeah. An excuse never changes. You have to begin to be, no, no more excuses. I'm making the choice. I'm doing this. I'm pressing in. I'm doing what God placed on my heart. If you want to see something change in your life, begin to say no more excuses. I'm doing this. I'm going to be the best. I'm going to do what I feel like I need to do in this situation. I'm going to be used by God. I'm done with the way I'm living. I'm ready to make a change. No more excuses. No matter what anyone says. You have to say, I'm breaking free from this and I'm done. And that's the only way. You have to forget the excuses, forget the alibis, and say, I'm ready. Yeah. And that's when you see things change. And it doesn't matter who's around you that might want to discourage you mm -hmm. you make that decision you're the ruler of your own life you make your own decisions yeah. 
nobody you will be accountable at the end of your lifespan and what you do here on earth mm -hmm. so you have to make the decisions that's right for you that's right for your family and you have to come to a point and say enough is enough yeah. i am done with this problem even for her it was 12 years until she received her healing and she said or she didn't say it but it, she came to a point where enough e is enough, enough. Yeah. yeah and so you have to say that you have to say no no more excuses i will end this now yeah i'll use me as an example just while we're on this because I, I want you to realize that this is something that everyone i'm not t pinpointing i'm not yeah i'm getting excited but i'm not like mad but i'm going to use me as an example you know excuses can be something i, I right now i'm in the process of doing something and i have found excuses I can find excuses. I, I genuinely am busy. So I, I could, and I'm not a busy body. I am busy. I have stuff going on. But if I keep making excuses for something that I know I'm supposed to be doing, then it doesn't matter. I can say excuses for 20 years and that's still, things still be waiting. And they can be justified excuses. But you have to begin to say, I'm ready. I'm going to make the change. You know, I, I'm, I'm in the middle of writing something. I want to write a book. But if I never make the time to do it, then it'll never be done. I have stuff going on, but you have to make the time to do something. And I can't sit there and make excuses. I'm ready to make the change. And that's with anyone. Anyone can do something in life. You have to be ready. I'm going to make the change. I'm ready. I'm going to do whatever I feel I need to do in my heart and say it. No more excuses. I'm pushing on. And we'll leave that point there. Yeah. Um, number three is you have to change your speech whatever you might have um here's what you're trying to look at whatever you might have um i got kind of distracted all right sorry are you done no yeah i'm done all right keep pushing no number three change your change speech. your speech all right change your speech <laughs> your words have to align with the word of God. The word of God. Your words have to align with what the Bible says about you. Your words cannot align with what everyone else is saying. People speak negative. Go to the mall. Go to the mall. Go walk around for about 10 minutes and you'll know what I'm talking about. People don't speak words of encouragement. People don't speak words of fruitfulness. They speak bad words. They speak things that are, are pointless. You know, and you hear stuff like that. If I were to win the lottery, I'd get hit by a semi-truck the same day. People say stupid things. They think like nothing good ever happens to me. People say dumb things. You hear it. And then, but if you have that outlook in life, you'll never get anywhere. You have to have a positive outlook in life. Yeah, and it all starts with your thinking, yeah. and you have to renew your mind. The Bible talks about it in, is it in Ephesians, about um, renewing your mind? Yeah. The book of Ephesians, it talks about renewing your mind, and you renew your mind with the Word of God, and when you renew your mind with the Word of God, it naturally comes out. And what you renew your mind, it will go into your heart. Whatever mm -hmm. you ponder on, whatever you meditate on, yeah. is what your heart will be filled with. And so, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. That's what the Word of God says. And so, when you, you have to change your thinking, you have to change um, what you speak, and it all depends on how much word you you get in you mm -hmm. and even in proverbs eighteen twenty one, it says that life and death is in the power of your tongue and you will eat its fruit yeah 
and everything you speak, it becomes something. It, it carries power. Yes, you see the beginning of the Bible. God created the heavens and the earth with His speech. Mm -hmm. With everything, what what He said, it came into it came into existence. And so, yeah, everything that we say, it comes into fruit. Right. It comes into existence. So right. we need to line our. Speech. Our speech up with the word of God. Yeah, it's like what this woman did. She said in, in the NIV, she quoted to herself, if I touch the hem of his garment, I know I will be healed. You have to speak it. She said, oh, I, if I touch the hem of his garment, I'd be probably trampled by the crowd anyways, or they'd probably stone me afterwards because I was unclean. Because you can make excuses. You can say things. But say positive things. It'll begin to change your outlook. Change your outlook on life. Don't be negative about things. But you would reap. You are gonna reap the yeah, harvest reap of what, what you sow. What you what you say out of your mouth. That's exactly what you're gonna. James reap. two, James two. It talks about the tongue, and it talks about the tongue being a rudder of a ship. Though yeah. you are are a big ship, the rudder is the tongue, and it steers the direction and the course of your ship. James two talks a lot about the tongue, and I would encourage you to read it. And my mom ingrained that into me because I, I was pretty mouthy when I was a young kid. So I, I wrote down a lot of scriptures from James too. But you, your words have to line up with stuff. With the word of yeah. God. The Bible calls your rudder a tongue. Or your, the, your, the Bible calls your tongue a rudder. <laughs> the Bible calls your tongue a rudder. It steers the direction of your life. It steers the direction of the course of your destiny. Yeah, that's how you create your destiny yeah. with your tongue. Yeah, you have to speak it. Speak it into existence. And then number four is keep pushing. Yeah. If you give up, you're not going to get what you, mm -hmm. the prize that you wanted, the very thing that you had your eyes set on, you're not going to receive it if you don't keep pushing, just like the woman there in that, in that um, verse. She, if she didn't press through the crowd, she wouldn't have gotten her healing. Yeah. If she didn't touch the hem of his garment, she, she could have turned back. Yeah, she could have. But she pushed through that crowd. She pushed through the... Maybe she had a little bit of doubt or fear, but she pushed through. And that's what we have to do in life, push through. It might be hard at times, at certain times, but you will get through. You have to push through. with the. You have to have the word of God. You have to have a direct communication with the Lord. And that's mm -hmm. what will keep you going. That's what yeah. will be the fuel to your um, fire. Yeah. Yeah, it's your words. It's what you speak. And you got to push. You got to push. The lady could have turned back. The lady could have walked back now. I'm done pushing. Because you got to understand, when Jesus spoke, there was a multitude of people. It wasn't a hundred. It wasn't two hundred. It was thousands. Thousands of people. And she could have said to herself, no, I'm done pushing. There's six thousand people here and I'm not going to make it through this crowd. But no, she kept persevering. Your breakthrough will come when the hardest point is, is you're walking through. But you got to push through it because the devil's not going to want you to have your breakthrough. The devil's not going to want you to have what you're going after. So he's going to stop you. He's going to try and hold you back so you don't finish it. And just when things look rough, the roughest is usually at the light of the end of the tunnel. You've got to push for it because that's what God wants you to do. He wants to see how far you're going to persevere for your answer. How far you're going to be able to walk. We have to begin to push. Push for what you're desiring in life and God will meet you there. And don't stop pushing. Don't give up. Don't give up before you see it. Failure is a mindset. Your life is not a failure. Failure is when you admit it to yourself. 
When you admit failure is when you have failure. Let that sink in. Failure is when you admit it to yourself. You have failure when you admit failure. Mm-hmm. You, you can, um, for example, Thomas Edison, tried, he created the light bulb. He created electricity. So, well, it existed already, but he created the lights. He could have stopped. He tried 10,000 times before he got his, uh, the perfect light bulb, before it would actually like, hold a light. He could have stopped. People questioned him on it, thinking it would never happen. But he kept persevering mm. 10,000 times. He never admitted failure. People said he was a failure. He never admitted failure. Because, and, te- and now look, we have light. It's everywhere we are. There's no, we're not lighting our houses by candle anymore. We're lighting it by electricity because of one man's dedication to say, I'm not a failure. I'm not giving up. I tried this 10,000 times. I'm going to keep going. And he succeeded. He's not, he's not looked at as a failure today. He's look at, looked at as one of the um, smartest men in the world because of what he created. You have to see yourself as not a failure, but you are going to succeed no matter how many times you fall. Get yourself back up. It's like a baby. If a baby falls, you help the baby get back up and you keep pushing it. You don't let the baby sit on the ground and the baby does not sit on the ground the rest of their life. The baby will get back up and keep walking. I guarantee you, you don't have a nine-month-old baby start to try and walk and you still look back. He's 50 years old, still sitting on the ground crying. You get back up and you keep trying. Failure is when you admit it. Push through. There's another story before I close. There's one more story I'd like to share in the Bible. And it's when there's a group of people listening to Jesus teach in a house. And there was this paralytic man. He couldn't walk. He couldn't move. And his friends had to carry him. And they were taking him to Jesus to be healed. And there was no one in the house. So what they did, or there's no room in the house. So what they did is they walked up up to the roof, cut a hole in the roof, and dropped their friend below. So Jesus could heal him. That's perseverance. That's saying, oh, well, we tried. We brought him here. No, they climbed the roof and they cut a hole in the roof and dropped him down to Jesus. That's faith. That's yeah. I mean, think about it. Now you've got someone's house you've got to pay for now. So <laughs> he's got a sunroof in the middle of his house. But you have to begin to say, no, I'm persevering. It's not, oh, well, I tried. Persevere. You can do it. Yeah. God's called you to great things and you're going to do them. But don't give up. And this can go with anything. You yeah. can, you might have a sickness or a disease that you might be battling with. It could be cancer. It could be depression. It could be um, mm-hmm. what other things that people might be dealing with. So, yeah, I mean, Suicidal thoughts. Anything that holds you in bondage that is not the normal thing. Mm-hmm. God hasn't called us to be in that situation. And God wants us to come out of it. And he gave us all victory. We are more than conquerors, the word of God says. But we have to tap into our inheritance. We have to tap into the word of God and declare it over our lives. We have to have a desperation. We have to make no excuses. We have to change the way we speak. Our speech cannot reflect what our circumstances are. Mm -hmm. Um, circumstances at the moment yeah and then we have to keep pushing forward we might not see it right away but it will come I'm telling you it will because it things in my life where I've never I've not seen completely like right away Mm -hmm. it might take time but you need to purse through and for you to get that miracle for you to get that um, breakthrough whatever it is even in finances even if you might 
be struggling in your finances the lord has called you to be more than a conqueror in every area of our lives yeah. and it doesn't matter what the struggle is the struggle is not real the struggle is over when jesus died on the cross he resurrected he gave us the power he gave us the holy spirit now we have everything to live a godly life that's what the word of god says the holy spirit came we have the grace we have everything that we need to live a godly life it's now over the struggle is over when jesus died and mm -hmm. he died for our sins he died for every single thing he died for our poverty the word of god says he died for every single thing every chain of bondage that might be on you if he died for you you just have to press in you have to even now i'm just gonna pray for every person that um might be struggling and even message us at the end of this broadcast yeah give us messages and we we want to pray specifically for you and sorry i'm just reading comments because i see people commenting all right what was that yeah i'll finish um, real quickly, before she keeps writing in, this is what I want to do. You know, if you've never even made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, you know, the struggle will continue in your life. The struggle will keep happening until you make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. You can't come out of something if the devil is still attacking you. You can't come out of something if you are still struggling yourself. You have to begin to look at the situation and say, I got to look on Jesus for this. I can't no longer walk through this. Because the, the struggle of life will always bother you until you have a Savior. And that's Jesus. Jesus is there to pull you out of the dunghill and set you on the rock to stand. He has a plan for you. And he has a destiny for you. Yeah. But you've got to say yes to him. And that's when we begin to see the struggle. It's turning our lives over to Jesus Christ. Yeah. So even with me saying those words, if you're sitting there thinking, I've never made Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior, or maybe I once did, but have yet fallen away, then I want you to pray this prayer with me. Because this is a prayer of consecration. This is a prayer of making Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. Of saying no to the world and yes to heaven. Yeah. Yes to Jesus Christ and yes to the best life you can ever live. I want you to say this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Wash me and cleanse me. Forgive me of my sins. Jesus, I thank you that you died for me and that you're coming back again for me. I thank you that I am saved, that I'm on my way to heaven, and that you're coming back again for me. Now make this a declaration out of your own mouth. Say, I am saved. I'm born again. I'm healed by the blood of Jesus. And I have Jesus in my heart. And I want you to thank God for what he's done to you out of your own lips. God's done that for you. And he wants the best for your life. He wants the best for your situation. So... Just in that, do you have anything before we close? And even in that, you just received Jesus into your heart. Mm -hmm. You are a child of God. So now what God has said in his word, the word of God says that he, the word of God is our inheritance. He gave it to us so that we can obtain whatever it says. So when you're a child of God, you obtain everything that belongs to God. It belongs to you now. Mm -hmm. And so even... 
healing belongs to you prosperity belongs to you and everything that the word of god says yeah salvation which you just if you said that prayer you receive salvation yeah. every chain of bondage will be broken off and i'm gonna pray for everyone now and i'm gonna pray specifically for claire not sure who um never met her before do you know who claire is? i do not okay i'm gonna pray for her and then anyone who wants prayer specifically for yeah. your situation. Please write us in. And we Please will pray yeah, specifically we'll pray for, for you. We'd love to hear time. from you. If you pray that prayer, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. We definitely would love to hear from you. But I'm going to pray for Claire. Lord, I thank you for Claire. I thank you that even you have died for our poverty. You have died so that we can be the lender and never the borrower. So I pray that even if she made you the Lord of the Lord of her life. I pray that she will get out of the situation, that she will no longer be in poverty, that she will no longer be in debt. I thank you, Lord, that you will bring her out of this and you will give her wisdom in how to create more wealth, that you will give her wisdom in how to come out of this situation. And I thank you, Lord, that you are the God that can cancel out debt. You are the God that can um, make miraculous things happen in our life. So right now, I declare everything that she needs on her behalf, you will, you will operate for her. You will come in and you will do a mighty work there. We will see a testimony from this in Jesus' mighty name. And I thank you for that. And I... Claire, if you're not in a church now, I know what happened for me, it, how to break the back of poverty, how to break the back of debt off of your life. It's by giving. The word of God says yeah. that when you give freely, you will receive. And that's the that's the key to, I know the world says to hold in more and not give, but when you give to the house of God, and if you're in a church, tithe is 10%. And when you tithe into the house of God, the Lord will see that and know that you're faithful with that little amount. And he will work on your behalf. The Lord worked on our behalf, yeah. even with the car we have. Mm -hmm. We sold a big, large seed to a ministry. And from that, we got favor with the car we had. Mm -hmm. And we have it debt-free. Yeah. And we have a beautiful car. I like it. Um, it's not like something we will have long-term, but I like it. Yeah. So, yeah. If you're not in a home, I would like to... Um, you can message me personally too, Claire, and I can um, kind of help you yeah. through that. But I want to pray for every person that might be watching now, might be watching later, who might be struggling with sickness, with disease, with um, with po um, poverty, who might be in depression. Any person who might be in bondage, I am going to pray for you now. Lord, we thank you for every person, every viewer that's watching mm -hmm. and listening later on the podcast app through um, YouTube or Facebook. I pray now. I release the anointing of God unto their lives. Yes. And I thank you, Lord, for the anointing that, you, that your word says that will break every yoke of bondage. So we release every bondage now, every sickness, every disease that might have held people in captivity is loosed now. And I thank you, Lord. We declare healing power. We, we declare your miracle working power. What doctors might not be able to do, we thank you, Lord, that you are our greatest phys physician. And we declare now healing over people's lives. We thank you, Lord, that people will be broken out of depression, that there will be joy that will come, that will spring up. And we thank you, Lord, for every viewer. We thank you, Lord, that every yoke of bondage is broken. Every chain of bondage is broken off of their lives now. And we thank 
thank you, Lord, that people are free. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. And we thank you, Lord, for testimonies that will come out of this. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. And uh, if you said that prayer, we'd love to hear from you, the salvation prayer, like 20 minutes ago. But <laughs> if you said that prayer, we'd love to hear from you. Um, we have a gift for you. And if you are anywhere near the Fairmont area, we would love to see you tomorrow at King's Chapel, West Virginia. It's one of the best churches you can hit up um, in Fairmont. In the, um, it's on 27 Jill Harry Drive. And we are expecting great things to happen in each and every one of your lives. We thank you for tuning in. And share the broadcast. Yeah, share the broadcast. This. If it touched you and you know it'll touch someone else, please share it. We want it to get out. We want people to see it. We want people's lives to be changed. That's yeah. why we're doing this. So if you know this would help someone else, please share it. Please send it to a friend. Just, you know. Subscribe to our yeah. podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be putting um, stuff out every mm -hmm. Saturday. And we might even be thinking about doing other days. But yeah. right now we're doing Saturdays. And just subscribe and share with your friends. Because we want to encourage you with the word of God. Yeah. And we know testimonies will come Be out of this. Betsy Gifford. How are you related to Kim Gifford? It's her mom. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. I, I read your comment up above earlier when we were teaching. That's great. I'm glad you saw it. But uh, Thank you for watching. Thank we you. love you guys. All right. Everyone have a good day. We love you. Bye.